y'all, it's Bailey McBride from Major League Fishing's Lines In Podcast. In this episode, I sat down with MLF Pro Timmy Horton at the General Tire World Championship to discuss 2017 as his year, both in life and in fishing. This is Major League Fishing, Lines In. I'm here with MLF Pro Timmy Horton. Hello, hello. So, do you prefer Tim or Timmy? Either one. I'm not egotistical when it comes to names. You know, it's funny, when I, uh, when I got into the sport, uh, I was Tim. As, as most people lose Timmy or Jimmy or Tommy when they get older, and it's Tim, Jim, or Tom. But um, and and through social media and reasons of trademarks, Tim Horton Donuts had everything. So kind of kind of gravitated back to Timmy, I guess. So yeah, I wondered if that might have had something to do with it. Um, so you've obviously been having uh, a pretty good year so far. Got married, uh, had a really great bass fleet finish. Everyone got to see you there mm-hmm. with your friend and other MLF Pro Ot Defoe. Can you just talk a little bit about, I mean, man, it's only the first week of March right now. So yeah. how does that feel to be where you are right now? You know, we're going into this event, going into the classic, going into a whole new season of fishing. Yeah. Um, how does having that kind of really positive momentum set you up for the rest of the year? It's really cool. You know, when, when people are coming up congratulating you and, and talking about, you know, watching that event uh, unfold as it did, it's moving and it creates those positive vibes, you know, and just um, – it's definitely uh, it's definitely fun to be there instead of you know having a couple of bad ones to start the year, uh, but maybe it causes you to relax a little bit and and not stress out so much about the event that you're fishing and, and fish more openly, which usually creates a better event. Yeah. So with this event that we're fishing now, a Major League Fishing World Championship, um, it's a little bit different format than what we're used to. We're down here in Nacogdoches, so East Texas. What is? I mean, you live in Alabama, so mm-hmm. it's kind of geography wise about the same a little bit but um you know what's your experience in the past fishing down here in east texas and what are kind of your just expectations of the area knowing that right now you don't know where exactly you're going to be fishing tomorrow yeah you know we don't have a clue obviously as we get to all mlf events but um but but knowing you're in east texas you know you're in in one of the really special places you know you got north alabama you've got the great lakes you've got south florida um, you know, Southeast Georgia. There's just certain places throughout the country that are phenomenal, and this is one of them. And so, think taking that knowledge that you have, maybe from Rayburn, from Toledo Bend, from other you know big, great East Texas fisheries, and what you know. How do you prepare? What are you thinking in your head? What do you start to you know tie on when you're going out this afternoon to start getting ready for tomorrow morning? Um, yeah. How do you prepare for that? You know, there's a lot of vegetation in this region, so a lot of the lakes have that. But then again, you know, we could be on a small lake that's absent of any of that. Uh, or we could we could be on one of the lakes that you named. We, we just never know, and that's the cool thing about it. Um, you know, so it's really just getting ready for the time of year that we're at. You know, so that's a lot of pre-spawn, post-spawn, spawning-type lures, uh, which really covers the whole, the whole spectrum. So you've just got to be ready for anything. And with that, you know, pre-spawn, um, post-spawn, it's a full moon this week. It's a, an interesting time of year, and it's been raining all week. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that's going to affect the fishing? Well, you know, the rain definitely, if, if there's fish spawning, the rain can make it tough to, to see them if they are. So that will change things. But then again, sight fishing may not be the best uh, application for uh, for a major league fishing event as well because sometimes you spend so much time on one fish and other guy. <clears throat> Other guys are catching them, so <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, we'll play it by ear and see how it goes. 
Yeah, so so with that, you know, obviously East Texas, known for a lot of big fish. A lot of the time with the cups, because we fish in the fall and because a lot of the time we're up north and some of the other, you know, smallmouth fishers, you can kind of nickel and dime your way to the top. You can catch a bunch of one-pound fish, and that can put you in lead because you just out-catch everyone. It's a numbers game. Down here, that might be different. We don't know. Uh, you know, numbers are still going to obviously play an important role, especially with it being a two-day cumulative weight. But also, I mean, we all know that there are five, six, ten. 15 pound fish potentially in the waters of East Texas. So how do you think that that kind of affects the game and changes it compared to when you normally go into an event in the fall and, you know, with many, many smaller fish? Yeah, you know, it does change it. With that scenario in the fall, you better figure something out and, and, and onesie twosie it back to get caught back up. Here, you know, you can you can catch back up and go ahead with one cast. And, and even in the late rounds, you can possibly do that. So um, it definitely changes it, and it might change how people fish a little bit here because you can you can catch two or three of those and, and really make a move where somebody else had to catch 15 to 20 smaller fish to get there. So um, it definitely changes it up, and, and but, but at the same time, I, I think all the guys are going to be looking for their next bite regardless. Yeah, and with this, uh, I think I just mentioned there's two days of fishing. So the guy who ends up in sixth place tomorrow after your first day of fishing could easily, I mean, in period one of the second day, catch back up and lap the next guy who was in first and be back in a top position. Um, how do you approach that as different than you know your normal elimination round where you have 10 competitors and you just have to get into those top four spots? Yeah, I think it definitely changes it. I think, as a matter of fact, I don't think it's probably, it is going to happen, you know, especially with the different rounds. Sometime during the event, you're going to see guys make jumps where they don't just jump one person, they jump three or four with one fish. And, um, and, and that's going to bring an intrigue to it that uh, – um, that we haven't seen, you know, being on that quality of fish because because so much of major league fishing, um, you know, in the past, like like we mentioned, has been in the fall of the year, and you just can't do that here, you know, in East Texas especially, and we're here the time of year they're big, they're the biggest they're going to be all year long. So you are from Alabama. You normally fish in that area. Um, can you just talk a little bit about, obviously, there are some outstanding fisheries, some of which we got to experience during the Challenge Cup last year. Um, a lot of our pros live in Alabama or have moved to Alabama. Um, can you just talk about why that is such kind of a bass fishing mecca for so many anglers? Yeah, it's so diverse. You know, you've got great spotted bass fishing, smallmouth fishing, uh, largemouth. You've got ledges. You've got grass. You've got standing timber that's just so diverse. You know, I think the state of Alabama uh, has more waterways than any other state in the country. And um, it just, uh, it, it spawns great bass fishermen because of that, because it's so diverse. And then you have a lot of guys end up moving there, as, as Aaron Martin has done and, and Randy Howell and a lot of different guys uh, relocate to that area because there's a lot of tournaments there and they can fish year-round on, on really good bodies of water. Do you think having that diversity of, of what you have to fish helps contribute to you being a better angler and being able to kind of really react differently and react quickly to the different conditions that you might see, especially with MLF? I mean, with our no information rule, you have no idea what water or what kind of water you're going out on tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I almost think it relates, like we were talking about before we, we went on, on here, is, you know, you can watch a video or you can do something and say, okay, I can see how that works, but until you do it yourself – you're not going to have full confidence in it. And, and living in places that are verse allows that to happen. You know, you see so many scenarios and so many different things throughout a 12-month period of fishing, 
it, it really uh, puts you in a situation where you can you can uh, make changes during an MLF event if things aren't going the way you hoped. Awesome. Well, I, I know you're busy. I know you have a lot of stuff to get to this afternoon. So one last question I want to ask. And obviously, we're here fishing the World Championship. This is a huge deal for all of you that made it, um, you know, this is a huge deal for all of bass fishing, really, to be on CBS to a new audience who some of them may be, you know, weekend warrior type anglers who aren't aware really of the full scope of professional bass fishing. Some people may just be sports fans who happen to turn on and, and see that it's an interesting show. So what do you think that this means for bass fishing to have Major League Fishing on for the six consecutive weeks on CBS? And what do you kind of hope to see in the future of bass fishing as we continue to grow as a sport. Yeah, you know, what it does, it, it brings it to to everyone in the aspect of um, there's going to be people that catch on to what we're doing that have never watched professional fishing of any kind before. There's no doubt that's going to happen. Um, they're going to feel the drama. If they get locked in and they're watching it and they leave it on, they're going to feel the drama and uh, can't wait to tune in the following week to see what happens. So as it builds toward that final episode, um, it's going to create a storyline that, that starts happening and starts trending starts trending uh, throughout social media and a lot of different platforms. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to that, to seeing you know what happens here this week and also you know how our audience grows uh, as a result of that. So oh, thank yeah. you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and best of luck to you this week as you compete to, you know, you've got a one in 12 shot of being yeah. the first ever world champion. So cannot wait. If the luck's been going this well for Tim Horton, maybe, <laughs> maybe this is just another stepping stone on that path for you. Fing fingers crossed, definitely. All right. Thanks, Timmy. You're welcome.